0: If you know how humans work and you've taught yourself and you've learned some stuff about that, and then you go in with the act of asking good open-ended questions, don't accept vague, be willing to dig a little bit further, get to the root of what their real issue is. And if you think about it, a lot of counseling, that's really what it is. So tell me why you're here. Mm -hmm. Well, I I get mad a lot. Why do you get mad? It's all questions, right? I mean, a, a psychiatrist, a counselor... A good question asker will always end up at the root of the issue, and many times the person comes up with a solution themselves.
1: The King's Council helps you discover, develop, and deploy your God given talents and abilities. Now, our vision is to get you on the right path to your framework of success, focusing on the five power pillars spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, and financial. Now, the King's Council is not your average coaching program, it's much more than that. It's a tribe of like minded men and women bonded by faith and relationship that you can do life with. Join us in creating the next wave of kingdom entrepreneurs and becoming the CEO of your life by visiting kingscouncilcoaching.com and connect with one of our team members today. Hey, guys. I want to personally invite you to some of our upcoming events, one in particular called the Own Your Life Retreat. Now, this is an opportunity for you to obtain the blueprint and the action steps to overcome the existing barriers in your life, to live a life of high performance. Now, you're going to be exposed to different tools, brands, techniques, and ultimately systems that are going to aid you on your journey to own your life. You're going to be surrounded by like-minded entrepreneurs in a team that's going to provide you the simple strategies that are going to convert to real life success. Plus, we're bringing in private chef Dan Churchill. So be prepared to be delighted by the finest and healthiest meals to help optimize your performance. So text me, own your life to 727-472-3860. Again, own your life To 727-472-3860, and we'll get you all the details for the next Own Your Life Retreat. All right, all right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Council Podcast. I'm your host, Riley Meek, and I got in the studio here today, Mr. Scott Thomas. Live. What's happening, man? Yeah, yeah. it's awesome. Yeah. Love having you in town.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's a little colder. It's It's, colder.
1: We are in Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, over the next couple of days, Scott just flew in. Man, we got a lot of cool, fun things happening here coming up yeah. our virtual mastermind, planning for some upcoming live events that we've got going on the Own Your Life events. Super oh, pumped for those. That'd be epic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, whenever we get together in person, we always love to just come together and just record, just rap about what we've done over the last, yep. I guess, I wouldn't say a couple of years, almost, but yeah. almost, heck man, almost a decade together yeah. here with our marketing and sales companies, social dynamic selling. And then obviously now what we do with King's Council. Yeah, man. And uh, last week, I started talking about communication. So it's such a perfect time for us to dive into this as you are a master of it. And uh, I thought it'd be awesome if we, so last week, if you guys remember, we talked about communication, just the importance of it, and then ultimately the three parts of communication. So we have the sender, mm-hmm. you know this, right? Yep. The message, and then the recipient, So there's three parts of that communication, the sender, that would be us. Obviously, if we're communicating one-on-one or one-to-many, like we do with our our seminar company, maybe text messages, whatever that is, that how we're going to package that now into the message itself, and then ultimately to be received by the recipient. So we'll do another, like we'll do a two-part series on this. That'd be awesome if we can break this down on the message itself, and then ultimately the recipient will do here this next episode. Awesome. Sound good? Yeah, man, I cool. love this. I could talk
0: about this for hours, Not so we're going to have to control a little bit of it because, you know, I love this. As you know, I kind of geek out to this. Right. Like, this is human
1: chess stuff. Right. We'll, we'll hone yeah. in our, our communication here yes. on this and, and make this very applicable. I want this to be something that you guys can take and start to apply into your everyday life. So if you guys remember last week, if you, if you haven't listened to that episode yet, I would encourage you to listen to that because that, that kind of sets the foundation to this whole process here because there's really three parts to again we have the sender the message and then the recipient but through that there's three things that we need to actually do in order to assure our message is getting across so when we're thinking of the sender obviously you guys remember the hat that we're wearing in that situation is going to be the determinant of how that message is actually received so when i am a husband I'm speaking a certain way to Ash in order for her to receive it versus when I am a in a sales position or I'm a you know, boss or looking to lead a team, mm-hmm. I'm going to be speaking a different way. Maybe my tonality will adjust or change. So what I need to know, though, through that process is what do I need the recipient to know? Yep. What do I need them to feel in order to get them to do? Right. So right. no feel do because what they feel, the emotion is what's going to elicit the actual action. Correct. Right. What, what we want them to do because in any form of communication, usually there's a, Hey, what do we need to accomplish? What do we need to do? Even if it could just be, I need the recipient to feel loved. I need the recipient to do their job. I need the recipient to call me back. Your child. I need you to go to bed. Exactly. Depending
0: on what it is. Exactly. So,
1: so we've got the the no, the feel, and then the do. But in order for us to, As the sender, again, we are the sender here. If you put yourself in that position, in order for us to package the message that we need them to receive, we need to know the type of language or maybe how they're going to best receive Mm -hmm. that information. And I know you're a master at this, and really it comes down to effectively asking the right questions, pulling that information out of them in order to package it and deliver it effectively, well, actively, essentially, listening by once you ask those questions and yep. then we can package the actual message. So you want to
0: break for that sure. down a little bit for us? Yeah. So like I said, I love this this stuff and, and I know you covered the sender, but as the person, whoever we're talking to, if you're trying to get better at communication, then you're the communicator usually. So in this case, We actually want to gather information first for multiple reasons, but just understand the basis of most miscommunication is usually that person is more interested in what they want to say Mm -hmm. than what the other person wants to hear or what the other person is going to hear or how they're going to take it. They look like, I'm just saying it because I want to say it and take it however you want to take it. Well, yeah, that doesn't always go well. (laughs) So a lot of times what happens is if you disregard the state the other person's in, the way they may take this kind of news or if it's bad news or really good news or whatever it is, if you don't consider how they're going to hear it and the way that they're going to receive it, there's probably a 95% chance you're going to do it wrong. Right. Just because you can't disregard how the person... Think of a quarterback throws a ball. I'm just going to throw it out deep. Mm -hmm. And the receiver didn't know anything about it. Like, it just can't work. Right. So the likelihood is almost always going to be some version of a miscommunication. Sometimes it's small. Sometimes it's really big. So it can go wrong a lot of ways. So just taking that as the under premise, in any communication, when I have a message I need to deliver or I I need somebody to do something, like you said, it ends with do a lot Mm -hmm. of times. What do I need them to know? What do I need them to feel? Well, what I should do is start by gathering information. Hey, what mood are you in right now? Mm-hmm. Right, What state is this person in when I'm going to talk to them? And we have a couple little funny sayings to kind of think through. I kind of call it the HALT warning, the H-A-L-T, okay. right? Be careful when somebody is hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. If the state that they're in is one of those – communicating to them will be tougher because if somebody's hungry or angry, they're really not a great listener at that point anyway. So communication will be tough. So you need to know some of those things. So take the HALT, H-A-L-T, and consider those. But in most scenarios in a business setting or a, a sales pitch or a presentation or a coaching session or a husband and wife or a parent to a child. That's not necessarily the case, but you do have to understand if if your child, you need them to go to bed and they're already mad about something else. Well, now you've got them angry and you need them to still go to bed. So these are all things to consider in lots of different places. So let's just give kind of the roots of effective questioning and active listening. So in a sales scenario, I hear people say, I've been practicing my script and I can see it like you're already failing. Like right now, you're already failing. Mm -hmm. I understand if somebody says, I want to make sure I cover these six things, that's different than a script. Because a script starts you out thinking, no matter what they say, I'm just going to say this. Well, that's almost going to be fail for sure. right? So if you can't, Ask the other person questions to find out information about them. In most scenarios, it's a needs analysis anyway. what Do they have a need? Is there something that you're solving? What's the what's the challenge they're facing that you could help them with if they have no challenges, if they have no need, if they have complete indifference? If you find that out through your questioning, there might not be a sale anyway. So right. it kind of doesn't matter, right? So let's just kind of keep in the business sale arena for a second, just because I think it's the most obvious. And mm-hmm. this is where people would probably want the most practice because it affects their wallet probably. Right, right. But you can use this anywhere in any scenario when you're communicating, asking good questions and effective listening. So something you kind of need to just know is how our brain gathers information is it distorts stuff. It truncates things. It deletes things. So if you just go into this rant or this pitch or this diatribe, whatever you want to call it, you're going to give a bunch of information and that person's going to trim it all out anyway. So that's not going to work. So do it the other way around. Ask them questions. Get them to tell you stuff. Get them to reveal. Um, We have questions in one of our book. We have the the five hypnotic closing questions, but they're good questions. Just the first couple are good ones. You know, how long have you had this problem? They say, this is the need I'm looking to solve. Well, how long has that been a need? You start to learn about, is this painful? Has this been going on for a while? The next question would be something like, what have you done to try to solve that problem? And things like that. When you ask people, you're learning what it's like to be them. You're learning what their experience is so you don't have to go over a bunch of stuff they've already learned. If they've already tried something and it didn't work or they have tried the same thing over and over again and haven't changed to something else, you now know that. Mm -hmm. So as you what I'll say the trained professional who's making an effort to get better at this those are the things you should be working on asking good questions and making sure that you get those effective questions and what i mean by effective questions is it can't be yes and no it, you can't right. you don't want to you don't want to walk into your own dead ends right have you ever tried this before no
1: versus okay. what else could no. they say some
0: yeah so if you said when you've tried it before how did it go and if they say, I've never tried it, but at least it's not yes or no, mm-hmm. right? Or they don't have a, an abrupt way of cutting off the conversation. So the flow is important too. So with the questions, yes, you surely can have your five things you want to cover in mind. Like we call it, like the five buckets I want to make sure I cover in this conversation. Yep. But I don't have scripted questions in an order like a deposition or interrogation because that's right. what it feels mm-hmm. like to somebody when you start asking them those questions. Yeah. Try that on a date and see how long that goes. Right. How long have you lived here? Have you ever been married? Do you want kids? Like, just fire off a bunch of questions. And they don't feel like you spent time with them. They mm-hmm. don't feel like, yes, you ask them questions, but it doesn't feel like you want to get to know them. Right. You're just like, I'm, I'm filling out a form, yeah. or I'm doing the a interrogation. report. Yeah, it's like yeah. a book report. Like, yeah. this doesn't feel good. So this
1: is, I want to just make sure people don't miss out on this point, because you're, you're covering a ton here, which is amazing. This is more of like a dance, the, okay? Communication. The waltz. The waltz. I mean, you guys know... If you've listened to us for any amount of time, <laughs> sales, Everybody is in sales, okay? And if there's any skill set that you should learn, I don't care what business you're in, okay. if you're a computer coder, you should still learn to effectively communicate, uh-huh. okay? If you're in any sort of relationship, even with yourself, there's forms of communicating with mm-hmm. yourself. What's the self-talk that I have? Mm-hmm. And all of this can be applied, not just in a, a sales setting, like what we think of as the guy coming into my house to sell me something or at the car dealership, but just how to communicate effectively. Because if you can master this skill, I'm telling you, if you can master this skill, you can do anything. You can walk into a room and influence that room in a positive manner. This is, this is has zero to do. I want to be crystal clear on this zero to do with any sort of manipulation or getting people to do things they don't want to do. I'm a firm believer. You cannot manipulate somebody into doing something that they just absolutely do not want to do, yeah. right? That's, I mean, we have a book called Intentional Influence, which actually stick to the end of this year. I'll, I'll let you guys know how you can get that thing for free. Uh, we talk a lot about this and just the form of creating an environment, building rapport where there's so much. We I mean, we could do like a nine yeah. month yeah. series yeah. on this, yeah. I feel, um, about building rapport, creating that bond, and then taking people down a path and creating an environment where they just naturally want to do what you're doing or what your product is or what your service is. And if we can get good at that good, really hear me on this guys. If you can get good at getting people to make a decision, whether the decision is yes or no, you are going to be the light successful. years ahead of other people <laughs> yeah, yeah. because this decision, your product or service may not be good for everybody right? And you have to be okay with that. So if the decision is no, sweet, at least we found out quicker. So we're not wasting time and we can move on to the next prospect. That's just kind of a sales situation in general. But in any relationship, if you're married, if you're courting somebody, you're in sales. You guys know I'm constantly selling Ash on why she shouldn't leave me. I know you're doing the same with with Susan. It's like, that's the influence that we're talking about. Just creating this environment where people like to be around you and want to do what you're doing. And we do this by effectively asking questions Mm -hmm. and then
0: actively listening. That's actually the great, like, I'm glad you caught it because I, not that I missed it, but I, I want to make sure that we don't slip into some people hear it. Tell me the tricks. Right. How do I trick people into doing more sales? You don't. The faster you get people to say yes or no, the yeses will work out in your favor and you'll be fine. And the nos don't waste your time. Yeah. Your product is not for everyone. And one of the biggest disruptions to business is cancels, returns, and frustrated customers. Right. So don't do it. Just Let's just delete this whole, just don't do it. It's yeah. not a good idea. It's bad for your business. It's bad for your persona. It's bad for your personal brand. It's bad for everything so manipulating is just not a good idea if you can get good at the craft of asking good questions and effective listening you just become a better communicator you'll become a better friend you'll become a better husband you'll become a better dad you'll become a better lots of things because communication is the basis of most relationships almost all relationships right so when we're asking questions there's nothing more important than to think it through as I only have one question Until I hear this answer, I don't have any more questions. I just have one because I don't know what the next thing to say until I hear what you say. And if you always think about it, that's why when I hear the word script, it drives me nuts. Think about this as a discovery conversation. I'm trying to discover what you know, what you want, what you need, what you've experienced before, and how can I help if I can. That's it. So on a discovery or fishing expedition, if you will when you start asking questions i'm going to ask you a question so what was your experience with other vendors or people who do what we do or what do you know about this product currently i don't want to waste a lot of time telling you stuff you already know mm-hmm. let them talk during that answer sometimes people will say like a real vague term or they'll say something or like oh i've seen it yeah these are awesome they're great like okay great means like help me understand and this is where you listening to their answer You can go a little bit deeper. So if all the answers to all of your questions are that surface superficial, Mm -hmm. you probably aren't going to get too far anyway. So you need to make sure you get to the root of it. If there's a frustration or, yeah, that doesn't work, okay, what part didn't work? Tell me why you think it didn't work or what about it didn't work. Help me understand why you said that was a fail or why you called it a fail. If it's obvious, don't be obnoxious. But you know what I mean? Don't accept vague language and don't accept – like superficial, uh, protective behind a wall. Like right. dig deep. Like no, I really care because if this doesn't work with the way your business is set up, or this doesn't work with your personality, if you're talking to a friend or a wife or somebody, if I know I'm going to try to influence Susan into go public speaking, I might as well not even ask her because she's right. not going to do it. There's no, re- I can't trick her into it. I can't influence her into it. So I already know a little bit about that. So think about when you're asking those questions. Yes and no, you didn't learn anything. So you can't ask yes and no questions. You didn't learn anything. Mm -hmm. So if you ask open-ended, allow them to expand on their experience. Somewhere in that answer is going to be either a pain point or an aha moment. They're going to use words, and this is where effective listening. When you're listening, somebody says, yeah, we tried that. It just didn't work for us like, okay, but you've seen it work other places. Why do you think it didn't work for you? Yeah. Now I get to go into maybe it was your staff that didn't do it right. Maybe the vendor did everything right, but your employees here didn't want to do it. So you start digging into what the real pain point is because ultimately, in a sales scenario, ultimately, once you've discovered all that, the solution, the answer to the solution is go right back to the root of their pain and just solve that part. Mm -hmm. If you can get the root, the rest will take care of itself. So... I think if you hear stuff, how does it make you feel? We like to add emotion. Like, how did it make you feel when you hired a company? I'm just going to keep using the vague sales thing, but we can use it in all scenarios. How did it make you feel when you hired a vendor to do this and then you saw that it wasn't working? Like, who did it affect? Like, what does that do? Well, the morale in my sales team goes down, or my boss gets mad, or I hate coming to work because every time I come in here, I know there's a mess from last night and I got to clean it up because the vendor didn't do their job. Okay. So this is really affecting you. Now you're emotional, right? Yep. So in the, what you talk about, what do you want them to know? What do you want to feel? And then what do you want them to do? What you may want them to know is just cause it happened bad before doesn't mean it's going to happen again. And I need them to feel like that bad feeling you had won't happen with us. Yeah. And here's how we work around you having that bad feeling. So think of the superficial, I just want you to buy my product. My product has this feature, this feature, this feature, this benefit. Buy it. How do I know what it feels like to be them? And why do they care to replace their current vendor? Mm-hmm. Or what? I didn't learn anything by doing a sales pitch mm-hmm. when you do that. So that's where the script falls apart because you didn't learn anything about them. So if I understand your experience of how it's happened before by asking good questions and listening to your answers and not accepting vague words, and let me clarify what I mean by that. When somebody goes, well, I think it went well. Okay, well, well means, yeah. like, I always want to go more. Like, give me better words. You know, we have a lot of sales teams, and they talk about their success. Like, I had appointments last night. How do you think the seminar went? None of them can write back. It went good. Right. Like, no, I want to hear numbers. i had 15 people and I got this many appointments and two people are ready to go now. That's an actual result that I understand. That's a concrete result that we all can communicate. We all can call that good. Yeah. If you just say good, I don't know what that means. Right. So same thing with customers. Well, it was tough. Tough means, mm-hmm. you know, we've done it before. It seemed expensive. Expensive. Like, you see what I mean? Like you don't want to accept these vague, categoric kind of words that could be subjective, right? right? Cheap to me and cheap to them, or expensive to them and expensive to me it could be two very different things. Right. So never allow those vague things. So as the person listening, you're not listening like a gotcha to find the vague word, but if somebody spells it out well, listen. Write yeah. down the numbers that they get. If they give you a real pain point, write it down, be clear about it. Because mm-hmm. once you gather that information, now, as the sender, who now understands the recipient, all the human nature stuff we already know because it's human nature and it's everyone's the same. But now I'm in a relationship with this person, whether it's a prospect or somebody I've met just now or it's an existing customer or a relative or somebody else. Now this relationship is getting better because they know I'm interested in how it feels to be them. I'm interested that they have a challenge and they need to get it solved and I'm here to help solve it. And this is where the sales part comes in if I go, that's great. Your real problem is something else and I don't even do that. But I can help find somebody for you if you want and then leave. I didn't sell anything, but at least I helped a person yeah. because I listened to them and maybe I can refer them to somebody else. Yeah. But, you know, like we say, a long no is way worse than a fast no. Right. But if you get to it, at least you heard them, they felt heard you've got them to know some stuff about you, but you also got them to feel some stuff about that kind of a project or whatever you're working on. And then ultimately, what do you want to do? Do you want to do it? Not, do you want to stay in that position? Do you want to replace your staff and call us back? (laughs) Like, depending on how that all works. And then there can be triggers along the way, as we know, in sales. But just in this part of the communication, if you know how humans work and you've taught yourself and you've learned some stuff about that, and then you go in with the act of asking good open-ended questions, don't accept vague, be willing to dig a little bit further, get to the root of what the real issue is. And if you think about it, a lot of counseling, that's really what it is. So tell me why you're here. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I am i get mad a lot. Why do you get mad? It's all questions, right? Yeah. I mean, a, a psychiatrist, a counselor... A good question asker will always end up at the root of the issue. And many times the person comes up with a solution themselves. Right, And sometimes they literally just walk right into your sale like, I'm glad you're here because I got to switch and it looks like you guys are the right ones. And I like the way you treated me, which is really the ultimate yes in the sale, that they felt like they know, like, and trust you Mm -hmm. because you asked them questions and listened to their answers. Yep. So it's good. So you guys know, we're kind of going down the
1: a road of like sales. But I do just want to make a point that again, all of this has to do with any form of communication that we have. And in order for me to package the message again, we're we are the sender, when we're effectively asking questions, actively listening, meaning I'm truly listening to the words mm-hmm. that they're saying, and then I'm going to be able to package my message. And so part of that and again, think about this with your your spouse here. Part of that is I need to know what type of language they use mm-hmm. in order to speak that language. And yep. this, this goes directly into, um, what we call the VAK model. Correct. So VAK guys. So V stands for a uh, visual, a is auditory mm-hmm. and K is kinesthetic. Okay. So if you listen to the words that they are using, when when asking a question, you listen to the words that they use back to you, you're going to start to understand the type of language that they speak. Therefore, that's what they hear. So for example, and this is so, so important when you're speaking to groups of people to be able to sprinkle these in throughout the whole conversation, or if you start to notice the type of words that your spouse says, you're able to use those type of words back because they are now going to, you're going to be an in instant rapport. You'll be able to diffuse a situation by literally repeating the type of words that they're using. Now, let's give some examples on this. So, if somebody says, "I don't see what you're saying," yep, that would make them a visual type of learner. Okay, and I can't this is it. this is this is like ninja level stuff here, guys. So, but if they say, "Well, I can't hear," or "I don't feel," right in that situation. How about that? Like, I don't feel right. That's going to be kinesthetic. And if you're doing a presentation, again, back to more of a sales setting, those are the people that are going to want props. They're going to want to touch and hold something. A visual Mm -hmm. person wants the PowerPoint, an auditory person, they just need to hear you. Mm -hmm. Right. So you can even think of yourself in this situation. If you're watching this on YouTube, you're probably a visual Mm -hmm. person. If you're listening to this in your earbuds on a podcast, you're probably an auditory Mm -hmm. person. Right. If you're listening to it, watching it, taking notes, maybe you're more kinesthetic. Mm -hmm. Okay. so I want to just break that down. So it's important if you start to use hear the language that people are using, if you speak that language back, you will be in immediate rapport with them for whatever reason. They don't even know why they like you so much, but it's because you're speaking the language that they hear. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the King's Council Podcast. For more information on the King's Council and becoming the CEO of your own life, visit KingsCouncilcoaching.com today. You can also follow us on Instagram at King's Council Coaching. We'll see you next time.